What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Deletti. If it's your first time on the podcast, welcome. Glad to have you here. If it's not your first time, welcome back. And guys, I haven't done a podcast for a long time, and I wanted to explain why. Uh, two main reasons. Number one, uh, my girlfriend was performing. Uh, we are performers, both her and I, and she was performing, and her family was here. So I wanted to take time to... Um, spend with her, spend with her family. Um, So I haven't been doing podcasts a lot. And also just a bigger conversation or topic or reason is I'm not going to be, you know, doing a lot of podcasts between now and July 27th when training camp starts, just because there's not too, too much to talk about. You know, I feel confident in the material I've made, the topics I've covered. I've had phenomenal guests on, um, guys that I've had very good conversations with. I've talked about, you know, the Xavier Howard topic. I've talked about, you know, what I want to see from the offense, the defense. Uh, I've talked about a lot on the podcast. And if you are new and you haven't listened to those, be sure to go check those out. Uh, definitely some great stuff in there, I hope. Um, but yeah, just overall, I won't be making podcasts every single day. There's people like, you know, Kyle Krabs on Locked On that do a phenomenal job of giving podcasts nearly every day. Uh, Big O uh, does a phenomenal job at that too. I'm going to be one of those guys where it's more like three yards per carry, where it's every now and then, maybe once a week, more than once a week, maybe twice. And just talking if if something happens, you know, maybe with Xavier Howard, uh, if he gets traded or gets an extension, we'll definitely be talking about it. And I assume it will happen before that date. But I won't be doing podcasts as often. Um, I'm about to go on vacation. My birthday's tomorrow. Um, and so I'm going to go on vacation from Friday to, I think, the next Wednesday or next Thursday, uh, going to Colorado with uh, my girlfriend and her family. So won't be making as many podcasts for the next month. Uh, haven't been as involved on Twitter, but that's just because there's not that much going on. When I do podcasts, it's because either something's going on or you know, there's something I really want to talk about, but yeah, but all those, I've had a a good amount of people reach out to me uh, and just ask how I'm doing. I'm doing great. Life's phenomenal. Uh, couldn't be happier right now. It is pouring rain. If you, if you can hear it through the microphone, but it's pouring rain where I'm at, uh, in Oklahoma, but without further ado, let's get into today's podcast. What I wanted to talk about is I wanted to talk about the five people or units on this team that if you are a fan, you should be rooting your ass off for to succeed and do well in the 2021 season. Now, obviously, yeah, I, I can I can already hear you. Shouldn't be we shouldn't we be rooting for everyone to succeed and do well? Obviously, yes. These are just my top five people and or position groups that again, you as a Dolphin fan should be rooting your butt off that these guys go out there and kill it this season. First off, let's start with the offensive line because if our team wants to improve offensively from last year, we need to get more consistent and more um, solid production and play out of our offensive line. Now, here's the thing. Last year, we had a bunch of guys that were very young. Three rookies. I think that's probably the most in the NFL that started. We had three rookies starting for a good amount of the season on the offensive line together. So just that alone, you can assume that there's going to be some growing pains there. 
right? The Dolphins last year were majority. I went through a bunch of different networks, a bunch of websites, and I did the average. The Dolphins are nationally viewed as about like the 25th, 24th best offensive line in football. And I would agree with that. I think we're a bottom half of the league offensive line. I don't think we're one of the worst in the league, but certainly, you know, we're probably around that ranking where we are definitely, in my opinion, bottom 10. Uh, And again, I would probably put us at about 23 would be my guess. Uh, I, I went through and I would say there's about nine offensive lines that are worse than the Dolphins. But here's the good thing. Again, a lot of those guys are young. So you can anticipate whether it's someone like Robert Hunt being moved to right guard, which most scouts said when he was coming out, most people knew or most people worth their money said that Robert Hunt is a better guard than tackle. And so the offensive line should automatically take a leap forward just from him moving to right guard. Because I think, again, I think he has Pro Bowl caliber play at right guard. On top of that, you add the fact that Solomon Kinley and Austin Jackson should make a leap forward in year one to two. How much or how little, I have no idea, but they should take a leap forward. Um, and then Matt Skura, I've said this many times and it's kind of uh, not too popular of an opinion, or maybe it is depending on who you are, but I think Matt Skura is more talented than 10 cares. Again, if you give me Matt Skura without the snap issues, which Again, I think snap issues can happen to anyone. I saw Marquise Pouncey on the Steelers have multiple snap issues in the playoff game, uh, in playoff games in, in regular season, and he's one of the top centers in the NFL, or was. He retired. But, like, he's one of those guys, like, centers, when it's kind of like a kicker. Like, when you get worried about your snap, you know, it, 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 it takes an offseason to correct. It's not going to happen midseason. And I think a guy like Mascara. You know, I think he is a top half of the NFL center. And and if the snap issues aren't there, I think he's a, a, a an improvement over Ted Karras. So there is room for optimism on the Dolphins, uh, on the Dolphins offensive line. However, again, I'm not going to sit here and assume that we're going to just take this huge leap forward and be a top 10 offensive line. But what I'm saying is a lot of our woes last year was because three of the five guys were rookies and you can't assume that it's just going to be phenomenal right away. Um, the Dolphins sack rate though, uh, a positive, the Dolphins were top half in the NFL in sack rate. We were 16th, literally right at the fringe of being top half. We were 16th in the NFL last year on 5.73% of the dropbacks. Uh, the quarterback was sacked, which again puts us in exactly the last spot to be in that top half. Um, You know, I just, I think that, you know, for this Dolphins offense, so many people talk about Tua, rightfully so. So many people talk about the wide receivers and the lack of separation, rightfully so. We need to start talking about the offensive line and and wanting that to be very strong. Because I see so many teams where if you have the offensive line correct, that opens up the running game. That gives your quarterback more time. It gives routes more time to develop. When you're constantly worried, whether you're running the football or passing, that your offensive line is going to collapse and break down, you can't really flourish in, on, on offense. You can't. So if we want our offense to succeed in 2021, I think it starts with the offensive line. I think most of you probably would agree. 
right? When, when, when we were doing really well in the last 10 years, 2016, or one of our best seasons, it was when our offensive line was doing well, they were labeled the unicorns, and we were able to run the football with J.J. We made Adam Gase go 10-6. and six. There's a reason for that. The offensive line fixes a lot of stuff, and so I believe that we need to start there with the first position that you should be rooting for, offensive line. Second person, this is a person that you should be rooting for, a player, and that's Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips, I've talked about many times on the podcast. To me, he is easily a top 10 talent in the draft. The issue with him was concussions, okay? And so Jalen Phillips, again, just from a talent perspective, easily a top 10 pick. If, if there were no injury concerns with the concussion, I wouldn't have been upset with the Dolphins taking someone like him at six. That's how good I think he is. However, he fell because of injury, understandably so. But the Dolphins' main issue last year, biggest issue, was pass rush. There were so many games where if they decided we can only send four because we really need a lot of help in the secondary against teams like the Chiefs, the Bills, the Seattle Seahawks, against teams like that, when the Dolphins needed help in the secondary and could only rush four, the, the quarterback had all the time in the world back there to do whatever the heck he wanted. Um, and so if you're able to create pressure with just four, that's going to put so much less pressure on the coordinator and so much less pressure on your cornerbacks to be perfect every single play. Right, And that's something we talked about with X, if he's on the team or not. You can't rely on one guy to intercept the ball almost every game for you to have a good defense. You need to become more well-balanced. And I think the the easiest way to do that is create a pass rush. Um, And for Jalen Phillips, the reason I say you should be rooting for him more so than the unit is because if Jalen Phillips plays to that top 10 caliber that I think he can be, One, that's going to fix a lot of your pass rush issues, right? Because you have a guy that can now win one-on-one. But more importantly, and I think this is a huge aspect of his game um, and just elite pass rushers game that goes unnoticed, when you have an elite defensive lineman and they can command double teams, now that leaves Christian Wilkins who is a gap destroyer, like just talk about someone who eats up gaps. You have Agba, and you have either Sealer or Raekwon Davis to where if Jalen Phillips can command double teams, okay, well, I'll I'll bet my money that Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, or Emmanuel Agba can win one-on-ones very frequently. And if they decide not to double team Jalen Phillips, We've seen in college, and again, from the tape I've seen, he should have no issue of winning one-on-ones. He has multiple moves in his skill set, right? If he's stopped on his first move, he knows how to how to get out of it for his second move. He's very, very good at what he does in the run game and in the pass game. And so if you can have a guy, an elite edge rusher, that's going to open it up for the rest of your team because they know Christian Wilkins no longer will be double teamed right? Emmanuel Ogba, when he was having all those sacks, he will no longer be double teamed. When you're rookie or when your best pass rusher can command all of those double teams, that's going to leave 
so much more um, room for success with your other guys. So Jalen Phillips, again, the bigger the bigger goal is you should hope, similar to the offensive line, that our defensive line can create pressure. But the bigger thing that I, I want to see is I want to see the Dolphins have that elite pass rusher. And I think Jalen Phillips, again, you talk about the uh, concussion injury um, concerns, I get that. But just pure talent, top 10 talent in the draft. And his game translates perfectly to what the Dolphins like to do on defense. Athletic, good against the run, very underrated against the run, and phenomenal pass rusher. So, number two, Jalen Phillips. Three, and this is in no particular order. It's not like most important to least important. This is just my order. Three, wide receiver room. Similar to the offensive line, there's no specific guy that I'm like, man, you really, you know, the the easy thing is to say Waddle. And I would say out of all the wide receivers, Waddle and Fuller are the two most uh, key pieces. Um, Here's the thing. I personally, and this is a topic that I don't necessarily need to get into now, but I think that the Dolphins offense in general, not if you're not named Tua, they have gotten away with so much this offseason, so much criticism that they're not getting. It's criminal because whether it was our offensive line or our wide receivers, bottom half of the NFL, easily. Our wide receiver room last year and separation, last. Okay, so I don't know why no one likes to talk about the wide receivers. Probably because, you know, the, the fun thing to do now in the media and on Twitter is to bash Tua. Tua has things he needs to fix, okay? And we'll get to that. But the wide receiver room last year was pitiful. And I mean pitiful. We need speed. We know that. We need separation. We know that. So hopefully, with the additions of Waddle, Fuller, Robert Foster, who apparently is doing looking really good at camp, can play special teams, um, Albert Wilson, you know, hopefully with the additions of that, we can get speed on our offense. But again, like I understand, and we're going to talk about Tua. I understand Tua needs to get better. No doubt about it, right? But you can't have a, a, a bottom three overall wide receiver room and expect your rookie quarterback to succeed. It's not going to happen. So if we expect Tua to take that next leap forward, he needs to fix things, which we're going to talk about, but he needs he needs weapons. Okay, and I don't think that's defending Tua. That's just common sense. Patrick Mahomes has weapons. Tom Brady left a place where he won six Super Bowls at to go get weapons. Okay, Josh Allen, average, uh, you know, above average QB, gets Stephon Diggs, top five in the NFL. When you can get your quarterback, uh, like, legit weapons, people that, you know, put fear into the game plan for the opposing team, like, that's what Tua and this offense needs. That's what any quarterback needs, not just Tua, any quarterback. And so you really should be rooting for the wide receiver room this year. Like you should be rooting that the speed that we got shows up and translates on the field. Because again, if it does, you know, like that for any team, and I don't want to just make this about the Dolphins, when you have speed on your team and you have receivers that, you know, people fear the crap out of going against, like that's going to help you a lot 
because you no longer can stack the box against the Dolphins. If Waddle and Fuller and the speed work out on the team, they can't stack the box. Or else, guess what? Play action, Fuller's going to be wide open on a single team. And so, again, if these guys can just... And that's a big thing, too, real quick to talk about with Waddle. So many people ask, you know, what, what stats do you want to see with Waddle? And I had a good conversation with us, a smart guy about this. And we both said the same thing, but we were just wondering, like, what stats do you think he will have? But both of us agreed, like, in order for Waddle, like, to do well, it's not just about him getting X amount of yards and touchdowns. If Waddle is a legit threat on the field, he shows speed. He shows that, like, he is what he was at college. Just a guy that could take the top off of a defense, but also a guy that, you know, I hope to God you don't give him the angle because he will destroy it and just run right by you. If he does that and starts commanding double teams or he starts being a problem for defenses that they have to plan for him, he's done his job, right? That's such an underrated aspect is when you look at elite players, you you not only need to consider how good they are, but you need to consider how they change your defense's game plan right? It's not just about how good Tyreek Hill is. It's about when you go against him, he changes the defense's game strategy because everyone's focused on where he is at all times. That's what I want to see from Waddle or Will Fuller. Like I want to see this wide receiver room have speed and I want to see those two guys be players that the defense has to account for at all times. Um, So they're, again, the wide receiver room in general, the whole unit, was awful last year. They've gotten away with a lot this offseason. Not many people talk about them, especially in the media. It's just bash two a day every day. But the wide receiver room was pretty bad last year. And we should all be rooting for like just more speed. More speed and hopefully some more reliability as well. Number four, and this is kind of a weird person to, to mention because he's not a player or a coach. And that's Chris Greer. Um, Chris Greer, to me, has done a masterful job of rebuilding this team through draft picks. Um, Even last year, I understand, like, look, a lot of people that we signed last year are gone, but it didn't cost us much. Yeah, we paid a lot of money last year, but we're not paying that much money this year at all for any of them. So I think he's done a phenomenal job. However... The reason I'm rooting for him in 2021 is because I think that what you saw in 2021 versus 2020 was a guy that learned from his mistakes. Okay, in 2020, it was a lot of drafting guys who will be good, but might not be good right away and signing a lot of big name, expensive free agents. This year, you did not see that at all. The Dolphins said, we're, we're not getting these developmental guys. We're going to go out there and get as many ready now players as we can. Talk about first four picks. All four of them. Waddle, Phillips, Holland, Eichenberg. All four. NFL ready right now. Whatever that means. You know what I mean. NFL ready is a weird term because you don't know who's NFL ready. But there's NFL ready is it, it can come. Right? They changed that from last year. You look at offensive linemen, you look at wide receivers, defensive linemen, everything. 
We went from last year getting developmental guys like Igbo and Jackson to getting starters like Phillips, Holland, Waddle, Eichenberg. Again, all of those guys should start day one. And then for free agency, I know this was a different offseason. We didn't have as much money, but Chris Greer feasted off those day two, day three guys. He went out and signed a bunch of guys for like one, two million dollar contracts And we were able to pick up a lot of depth on the team. And that's something that I personally like a lot. I would much rather have a free agency this like this year where there's a couple of little guys and then a Will Fuller than last year where it's like a bunch of these big expensive free agents where chances are they're not going to live up to how much money you gave them. Um, So Chris Greer is a guy I'm really rooting for his draft picks. I loved his draft this year. Loved the players he picked. Loved the signings. I think he addressed a lot of needs, got a lot of depth for very little money. Um, And so he's a guy that, again, I'm really rooting for him in 2021 that what he did in free agency in the draft will pan out this year. Last but not least, drumroll please. You all know who it is. Tua Tungavailoa, right? You may know about Tua. He's the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Um, You may have heard about him. Tua Tungavailoa, and this is as simple as I can put it. If there's one guy that you should be rooting for to succeed in 2021, it is Tua Tungavailoa. If you're just going to pick one of these five, Tua Tungavailoa is the number one person. I will say that out of ranking, he's the number one guy you should be rooting for. Okay. And this is a bigger conversation that I need to have with you guys. And this goes for every every position group, every player. I don't give a crap if you like the player or not. If you are a Dolphin fan, you should be rooting like hell for these guys to succeed. If you like Tua, awesome. If you hate Tua, awesome. Don't care. Regardless, you should be rooting for them to whoop ass this year. Because I feel like a lot of people, again, this is a bigger conversation than the podcast, but some people out there, man, like, I understand you may have not wanted Tua or you may have not wanted said player, but I mean, are are you a Dolphin fan? Do you want your team to succeed or do you just want to be right, right? Because like, if your point is just to be right and you don't care if our team does well or not, then you're not a fan, right? You just have opinions like everyone else. But the thing with two I see so much of is like, I don't understand why as Dolphin fans, we get in arguments with each other about our quarterback because he's our quarterback. And whether you wanted him or not, he's our quarterback. And whether you wanted him or not, you should want him to succeed. So I just like, I think that you should be rooting like hell for Tua, whether you, again, are a Tua stan or a Tua hater. You should be wanting Tua to go out there and light it up this year. The safest way to ensure that you have a good team for a long time is if you have a good quarterback, right? That's why teams like the Packers, regardless of what's going on with them, they're always in consideration for a Super Bowl or a championship because of Aaron Rodgers, right? So even the, the Houston Texans, I mean, God, look at the dysfunction that that organization was 
And yet, whenever Deshaun Watson was there, they always were viewed as like this team that could go to the playoffs and and make some noise. If you want to have a good team, chances are you need to have a good quarterback. Doesn't need to be top five. Doesn't. Top 10, top 12, I could argue. But you need a good quarterback. You need a guy that goes out there, can win games for you, um, doesn't turn the ball over. And so for Tua... There are things he needs to improve on, right? I talked about this with the wide receiver room. To say Tua was perfect last year is completely inaccurate. And I think of myself, if I'm just saying like what category I put myself in, I love Tua. Like I I love the player. I love the guy. I think he's a phenomenal person to have as the leader of your organization. And so like, even though I feel that way about Tua, I understand there's stuff he needs to improve on. He was way too conservative last year. He did not throw into tight windows. He did not take as many chances as I wanted him to. But we also need to understand a lot of that is going to be fixed just from him being healthy. Like, forget the weapons. Let's not even make some excuses for him about weapons and offensive line, which are legit reasons why he struggled. But just injury. Like, I could say that the main two issues I had with Tua was he was too conservative and he wasn't, his timing was kind of off a lot compared to college. Those two are huge um, causes or effects of his injury. He was way too conservative. You want to know why? Because he probably didn't think he could make those throws. He didn't think he could fit it into the tight windows because he couldn't throw the way he normally does his timing wasn't as good you want to know why go actually watch film if you go watch film of Tua he adds this like extra hitch step at the end of his drops that he never had in college why because he couldn't plant that right leg in the ground because it was oh yeah injured so I think a lot of Tua's woes last year are going to be fixed just from him being healthy right but Again, like the bigger thing that I need to talk about is, again, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not a fan of Tua or you didn't want Tua, that's fine. Like, I don't, it's not like your opinion isn't valid, but what, where I have a problem with fans is that they want him to fail. Like I was never a Ryan Tannehill fan. Never was. I was never an Adam Gaze fan. Never was. Austin Jackson. I didn't really want the Dolphins to draft him. Noah Igbenogany, I questioned it. When it first happened, I was like, what? I don't get that. However, I'm rooting like hell for those two players to succeed in year two. And actually, that's a guy I didn't even mention. So honestly, off the off top, like on the spot, let me add him. Noah Igbenogany should maybe be second to number one on this list. Because from indications that I am understanding, um... And my understanding of the situation, X won't be on this team, I don't think, July 27th. He might be, and I hope he is because I think he's a really good player. But like, if it, regardless of if you wanted Igbo or not, reality is he's probably going to be starting week one. So you better hope and, and, and you better be rooting for him to do well because he might have to fill the shoes of Xavier Howard. So add him to the list. This is honestly like a top six list. I'll probably list it as top five, but you you know, if you're listening to this, you know, it's top six. 
Noah Igbenogany, again, another guy. But, like, going back to Tua, you know, like, I, I never want to be a guy that's labeled as I'm not open to different ideas. You know, I, I encourage people to come on the podcast that are Bills fans or Jets fans or, you know, don't like Tua or love Tua. Like, I encourage anyone to share your opinion. But where I can't vibe with you is if you are actively rooting for guys to fail because you disagree with the guy or you disagree with the pick. Like, regardless of if you like Tua or not, you should be wanting him to succeed. Because guess what? If you want the Dolphins to do well, you're going to need him to. Okay? But, like, it's as simple as that. Whether you want Austin Jackson or not, I mean, you should be rooting for him because he's a left tackle. Whether you wanted Noah Igbenogany or not, you should be rooting for him a a lot because he's probably going to be your cornerback one or two replacing Xavier Howard this season. So, like, again, there's a difference between not agreeing with something and not rooting for something. I don't agree with the Noah Igbenogany pick. I don't agree that we didn't that we took Austin Jackson, but I'm rooting for them. Right? And a lot of you out there, you get those two things and you put them together. I don't agree with it. Therefore, I hope that they fail. And that's not a good way to think because if you hope for them to fail and if you're happy when they do fail, then you're probably not a fan. You're just a guy who likes to be right or a girl who likes to be right. You just have opinions and you're out here with an agenda trying to be right all the time. I am a Dolphin fan. I want my team to do well. If Deshaun Watson's our quarterback, if Tua's our quarterback, if Joe Kobe Prissett is our quarterback, I don't care. I want our team to win, and I want whoever is on this team to be the best they can be so that we're winning Super Bowls. As simple as that. So those are, those are my top five, really top six players and units you should be rooting for. Again, offensive line, Jalen Phillips and that whole defensive line, the wide receiver room, Chris Greer and his draft picks, Noah Igbenogany. We didn't really talk about him a lot, but you should be rooting for like crazy for him. And then Tua, you know, again, quarterback, they are affected like every other player, but there's a reason why they get paid the most. There's a reason why they're the most important position on the team. If you don't have a good quarterback, you're probably not going to be good for a long time. If you get a good quarterback, chances are you're going to be good for a good amount of time. So, again, not to make this all about two. It's not all about two. There's so many other positions that are also important. But I just challenge you, again, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't like Tua, that's fine. Like, I don't don't care. You know, we we have different opinions all the time. But but I, I challenge you, regardless of whether or not you wanted him or not, Root for the guy. He's done nothing to deserve anything else. He's worked his ass off this offseason. He's said all the right things. He's a phenomenal character, phenomenal guy that you want leading your organization, being the face of your organization. And he's the quarterback of your Miami Dolphins. And, and, and you should want him to succeed in 2021. So there you have it, guys. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of the podcast. I probably won't be doing one again for a week or so. Tomorrow's my birthday, so I definitely won't be doing one tomorrow. 
and then I'll be on vacation for a little. But if anything does happen, you know, out of the ordinary, like, uh, you know, whether it's contract extensions, cuts, trades, whatever it may be, I'll try my best to do podcasts for sure. But I definitely want to take, uh, you know, some time off, um, spending time with family, with my girlfriend. So hope you guys enjoy today's episode of the podcast. And I'll see you next time here on the Finn Sports Football Podcast. Finn's up. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami.